0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm Jr. and I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you. We are so excited you can be here with us. We are uh, obviously a podcast. We tend to be slightly irreverent, but we do talk about faith, food, fun, family, and cultural events, and all sorts of things. And, it and true we're to f- married, and we are married. Yes, we're not. We are married. We're not. Uh, we're not some weird um,
1: random random people.
0: Group of people. We're not even just partners. We're not even just, yeah, right. Or it's actually a true marriage, not even a common law marriage. And we have four kids, ages 10, 8, 6, and 2.
1: How long have we been married? As long as you are married.
0: 12 years. We're in our 13th year, and I'm 42. We're both 42, which is, wow, you're 41. But so we're old toddler parents.
1: He just had a birthday this week.
0: I'm grandpa, dad, you guys. Grandpa, Dad.
1: You, I would hope that at 42, you wouldn't be a grandpa, because that would mean that you had, on average, had like your kid at. Well, I suppose it's possible if you'd had a kid at 21, and they had a kid at 21, you could be a grandpa. But you're not. You have a two-year-old who is down for a nap. I didn't tell you this, but she slept until 10:30 this morning. Or if, if not sleeping, she was in bed quietly. And did not want to be gotten up because one time I went to check on her and her eye, her arms were waving up in the air when I opened the door and she grabbed her baby and flopped over and shut her eyes, squeezed her eyes really tightly shut. So I was like, you know what? My life is so much easier at homeschool trying to get school done with you still in bed. So you go ahead and pretend to sleep as long as you want. But daylight savings has kind of been killing us.
0: Yeah, a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit. It's been a totally off week and in true to form because of that, you know, in true to form, we haven't really had much of a substantive conversation all week. So I have no idea what we're talking about. What do you, what do you want to talk about, babe? Well, what's the first on your, thing, what's on your heart, what's on your mind?
1: I've got lots on my what's heart on and soul? mind. but the first thing that I'm going to spring on you that's oh. a substantive conversation is your pet peeve. ...of our children sleeping on the couch. Yeah. So, guys, our kids are two... We have a basement with two bedrooms in it. And because we don't think that the two-year-old and the six-year-old do well in rooms with other people, like the six-year-old gets up and wakes anybody up who happens to be still sleeping when she is sleeping... So they have their own rooms, and there are two bedrooms in our basement, so the 10-year-old and the 8-year-old sleep by themselves in their own rooms in the basement, and it's it's kind of far away from the rest of the house, and our 10-year-old has struggled with insomnia for years, and he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he gets scared, frustrated, anxious about not being able to fall back asleep. He used to have an alarm clock in his room, and he would sit there, he would lie in bed and watch the clock tick. So he could tell me exactly how long he sat there, which you know is terrible for getting back to sleep. (laughs) And we've tried all sorts of natural remedies, short of melatonin, because I believe that melatonin, supplementing with it makes your body stop producing it. And so I don't want to get him started on the track of taking melatonin, but I've tried all sorts of other to help him sleep. The most successful seem to be magnesium around bedtime. Like There's there's a company called Calm and it's a magnesium calcium Their gummies mix. are
0: super good. They're like Swedish it's, fish. I take them for they're, fun.
1: They're like that weird creamy gummy. Yeah, either like Swedish you, fish. Either you love them or you hate them. I don't like them. Oh, the tech show.
0: I dig them. And the Lee, kids make fun of me for taking them. Dad, Lee, those are ours. I need to buy a
1: new thing of them because you ate all of them. <coughs> I bought them for Titus. I ate two at a time. Um, Lili and I prefer the powder that's good i mean magnesium you guys magnesium if you're not supplementing with it is probably something you should look into supplementing with because it's a mineral that helps your body do a bunch of other things so your body is not able to metabolize other vitamins and minerals or get those vitamins and minerals to the parts of your body that need them Without magnesium, so if you haven't supplemented with it, you're probably deficient, and you should look into supplementing with it. Um, so anyway, Titus has taken magnesium. He's there's a um, there's an amino acid called L-theanine that he's taken with some success, and he's also taken an herb called ashwagandha. I think that's how you pronounce it.
0: My wife is pursuing a degree in in, in pharma uh, pharmaceuticals. An internet
1: degree. I'm an internet doctor.
0: Everything um, leads to cancer.
1: <laughs> I mean it kind of does. Go
0: see a doctor these okay. days.
1: Yeah. Um anyway, so so Titus often will come up and the the good part of this is he's not crawling in bed with us. He's not even coming to sleep in our room. I have a friend who for years like probably close to the age that our kids are at if not beyond had a pile of blankets at the foot of her bed and she was like you can't climb in bed with me but if you have a bad dream you can come curl up in the pile of blankets at the foot of my bed and so following that model sort of I keep a pile I keep a blanket and a pillow on the couch in the living room which is right outside of our bedroom and I would say four out of seven nights a week He ends up on the couch there in the middle of the night. Two or
0: three out of seven of those times. um, He, we get the, so we put our kids to, we try to put our kids to bed at eight. Try. Um, Molly's bedtime routine is insane. Like it takes you an hour to get through all of your routines with all four kids, which is fine. I'm just like, I love you. Do you want to talk? No, nothing. You want to read? Okay, good night. And we're done. Half the time, Faith kicks me out of her room anyway. She's like, no, daddy, go. Okay, fine, I'll leave. Um, so it's really short for me. So then I'm wrapping up. Uh, I'll wrap up, like I'll clean the kitchen or wrap up some things that are on my to-do list. But typically no more than an hour. So I like to start heading off to bed around 9 or 9.30. And Oh, really? I Not this week. This week's been terrible. <laughs> this week's been terrible. So... Um, I'll go to bed, I'll be crawling into bed, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever, and Titus will wander up in 20 minutes. He uh, won't even give himself two hours to try to get to sleep. I can't fall asleep.
1: Two hours is a long time for a 10-year-old to lie in bed and try to fall asleep. And then on top of that, this last week, I don't know, again, if it's... Okay, so before
0: everybody it, out, before all the all the crazies out there start railing on screen time, how much screen time do they get before they go to bed?
1: They don't do screen time at night.
0: There you go. It's not screen time, guys. I'm trying to I'm trying to kill all the screen time haters. Really. Just quash um, that bug.
1: Yeah. I my lack of sleep is probably screen time. Uh by the way, you guys, Target sells blue light glasses for what? ten dollars. So My lack
0: of sleep is too much alcohol before bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't Especially need to this discuss week. that. Um anyway, this so this is a
0: Christian podcast. This You're last
1: week. Maybe because of daylight savings. Maybe because of developmental things. I don't know. Whatever. Our eight-year-old daughter has started being terrified of staying in her bed at night. She tells me every night it's something different. I have a stomach ache, um, which was probably legit because we had sushi that night for your for your birthday. And she ate a ton. She loves sushi. And she, I think I didn't warn her how much rice expands in your stomach. Uh. And so I think she ate past the point of being full. Which maybe she is like me. I hate being uncomfortably full.
0: See, I do that when I eat. like that's I look forward to that moment. Every time I have sushi I'm like, I'm gonna feel terrible after this because it's gonna go poof.
1: My, oh, See, she didn't she food. didn't know that. So on top of eating all that sushi, she also ate pad thai, which is rice noodles, And which cake the and same ice thing. Cream. And yeah, she was one of the only people to eat her entire piece of cake. I did. You Ty and Lily are the only ones who ate their whole cake. At least the next day was like, Mom, can I can I tell you a secret? I didn't like your ice cream. And I was like, that's okay, at I least. told Elise
0: not to tell you that. I she wanted me... She, I was putting her to bed. And she... <laughs> she wanted me to call you up. She I was getting ready to leave. She's like, Daddy, ask Mom to come up here. It's, I have something really important I need to tell her. I'm like, your mother does not want to talk to you at 9.15 at night when you should have been asleep forever ago. I've already right? tucked right? her in twice. Right, you've already tucked her in twice. I was like... Well, I need to tell her something really important. What do you want to tell her? I want to tell her I didn't like her ice cream.
1: Homemade, like, custard ice cream that you (laughs) have to temper the eggs and strain it.
0: The ice cream was wonderful. It was amazing. It was
1: very, very rich and not super sweet. I think that's what it was more of, like, a dark chocolate. Yeah. So, So
0: anyway, but I told her, I was like, absolutely not. Don't tell your mother that. Sometimes it's okay. To not like things and just don't eat them again. So if we have ice cream again, just say, no, thank you. You don't have to say why. <laughs> no, nope. It's not a big deal. She
1: told me the next no, day. No, she has to tell you. She yeah, didn't. Exactly. She also, that urgency, she did that test today while we were out. We dyed hair with Kool-Aid. Urgency? So so she's like, something terrible happened to Judo yesterday. Oh. And you guys, a couple weeks ago, some kid at our judo classes, mom went to bed and didn't wake up the next day. She went to bed with a stomach ache and died overnight from whatever that they don't very have sad. any causes. Very, very sad. So she, I thought she was gonna repeat this to me and just had her days mixed up because she's six and mm-hmm. she doesn't have her a great sense of time yet. She's six and homeschooled, so she doesn't have a great <laughs> sense of days and weeks. And, and she's hours. stupid. She's not stupid. I'm she's actually she she's actually learning to read and write, despite me. Um, but she she's like, oh, Elena forgot her water bottle. <laughs> no, her, her name badge. And I was like, um, I feel like that's not something horrible. Like, the kid whose mom died, that was horrible. Somebody forgetting their name badge, not horrible. Anyway, yeah. so I was thinking, and I'm totally going to Jesus juke you here, you guys, oh JR goodness. gets so annoyed with the kids yeah. sleeping why on the couch thing. Why do I have? Thing. Why
0: do I have?
1: Why do you get four so bedrooms? Annoyed. Why do you each
0: have their four rooms? Because I didn't need to buy this house.
1: You didn't need to buy this house. Why is it so terrible? What does it do to your life? To well, have- for
0: one, I wake up in the morning and I can't sit in my favorite chair and drink my coffee and read something because the kids are up there, and that requires I have to turn on the lights. And then I wake them up and then they don't have a very... They're, they're not rested because I've been up at six, bumping around in the kitchen, getting coffee ready. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going ski patrolling... So it
1: inconveniences you.
0: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. There they is have bedrooms. There's nothing wrong
1: with that. They do have they bedrooms. They should stay
0: in their bedrooms.
1: Um... Okay. Let's so move
0: them. Let's move. Here's let's shuffle where them I'm around. gonna
1: Jesus juke
0: you. Oh man. There Why are, are you picking on me today. There because I, I was thinking week. about
1: this last night because you you left the house. You're out having oh. drinks with a friend while I'm putting the kids to bed. And I went
0: to go help your dad first. No,
1: no, no. no it, it, that's not the point. I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I know I do pick on you for leaving to have drinks with a friend or going out to lunch with a friend while I'm at home having leftovers with the kids. Or I am with at home my dad today. See, I, I'm not calling you out on that. I'm just saying I'm not doing that right now. I'm trying to get my point. <laughs> you have a guilty conscience. Um,
0: no, I gotta feel like i got to defend myself. You're picking I'm, on see, me See, I'm See, I'm not show. doing that
1: right now. I'm just trying to get to the point where you're gone. <laughs> and I, Lili starts, eight years old, starts yeah. freaking out while I'm praying with the, whole, with the whole crowd before we disperse to our rooms. And she starts crying. And I said, here's the deal. You don't get to freak out. You are safe. You can sleep in your own bed. Or you can sleep in your, old, in your little sister's room upstairs. And I know that she'll wake you up in the morning. And I know that you find it insulting to have to sleep in your little sister's room. But you slept in that bed for years before we moved you downstairs. It's still got your own covers on it. So you can sleep up there. And be with someone. I bitch, I feel lonely when I'm not with you. You specifically, Elise won't help. And I was like, Well, you have you cannot sleep with me. You have two choices, you make that choice. So she goes down to her own room. I tuck her in, I give her extra snuggles, I come upstairs, I sit down at the computer desk, and she shows upstairs. She's, Mom, I think I chose the wrong plan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, I wait, you the wrong plan? What does that even mean?" And she's like, "I I'm getting scared." And I was like, "You know, and then like the shoulders start to shake and I had done all the threats that I felt good doing." And I was like, "You know what? Just come snuggle with me on the couch." And I snuggled with her on the couch. Didn't we
0: talk about the leaky love cups last show?
1: Yeah, we did. But here's here's the deal. We have such a short, in the grand, this is what I was thinking about. When I'm lying on the couch, like, I'd really just like to have my small amount of alone time, or at least I wish I'd, like, snuck my phone so I could be playing a game over her shoulder <laughs> while I'm snuggling her to sleep, you know, keep the blue, the blue light from glowing off of her face, something, but I was like, but I'm stuck here, just me and her and God, so I'll pray for her, I was thinking, you know, there are so many kids in the world who don't feel safe and secure, and I know that it's, you know, inconvenient to not be able to get up in the morning and bump around in the kitchen when they're feet away from you and get up to earlier than they should, especially on daylight savings when, you know, they've gone to sleep later than they should, but there are literally kids our kids' age committing suicide right now, because the pandemic has sh- has put them in such a situation mm-hmm. of poor mental health like i follow a lot of um health freedom and free thinking instagram accounts mostly instagram not so much facebook um and they they will post things like the lock you know about how much more damage the lockdown is doing than um than the virus is doing in damaging to people, and that's across the age spectrum. You know, the elderly um, as well as the youngest. But not long ago, a third grader attempted suicide, which I don't even think our kids would have the wherewithal. How? What, like, how does a third grader figure out how to try to kill themselves? I don't even know where you start.
0: Like, how- I mean, I'm sure. No, I'm not sure. I know that there's there's. Conversations on this stuff. They're watching stuff on YouTube, they're watching stuff on Netflix, Netflix. they're playing video games with this stuff. They've got social media groups. I mean, you name it. So
1: a third grader, I don't remember where I read this, and I probably wouldn't even link it if I did remember where I read it. But a third grader wrote a suicide note that said, I don't want to live in this world anymore. This is not a world I want to be a part of in attempted suicide unsuccessfully. Right, I know, but but this is a third grader. Yeah. Who that's Lily technically should only be second grade. I bumped her up to third grade. So this is a kid who's younger than Lily, or who is Lily's you know, slightly older than our eight year old and doesn't want to live in this world anymore. And here are our kids, like the most devastating thing that could happen to them, I mean think about Elise. The most devastating thing that happens happened in her day to day was I dyed her hair with Kool-Aid. And then I wanted to blow dry it to set the Kool-Aid and she said no. And then I went outside to water trees and she wanted me to dry her hair right then and there while I was outside watering trees after she had already said, no, I'm busy. I don't want you to do this for me. And she sat on the back patio and screamed hysterically. Um, You know, that is mom is a terrible mom. Mom isn't looking out for my best interests. I'm not loved. This world is a terrible place. Granted, we all, I don't know if you ever through fits, like, wrote your note, I'm leaving, I hate you, I'm never coming home because you won't buy me a dog. And you pack your suitcase and you walk five blocks. And I might have work. done
0: that once or something silly.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't I don't remember ever doing it because we lived out in the boonies and there was really nowhere that you could try to think of, like, <laughs> to get. But anyway, you know, I mean, so I'm, this is where the kind of the Jesus juke, but they also, like, like we have the inconvenience of waking up in the morning and our kids are sleeping. Mm-hmm on the couch but there are actually kids in this world who are suffering so deeply and this is um we have a friend who is a therapist for children and she always says like with church nursery and stuff where she's like i don't want you to have my kid crying hysterically by the time you call me i want if the kid is distressed call me
0: yeah
1: she's like she says i'm the weird attachment parenting person and her kids are adopted too, and so she goes out of her way to help her kids feel safe and secure because she believes, and I tend to agree with her from the research I've done, they experienced trauma at the moment of separation from their birth mother, even when they were separated. And this as is babies. Susan
0: because I want to call out names on the show. It's fun. It's not she's not Susan. She's, oh, it's different. It's a different, it's no, a different it's child Tasha. therapist. Oh, Tasha. Yeah,
1: I was thinking Tasha the has one. adopted kids, and she's, I was thinking
0: Susan in Chicago. Yeah,
1: no, I haven't talked to Susan in a really long time. No, um, yeah, no, Tasha's rad. Yeah, but Tasha is also, she's done a ton of research into Mm -hmm. the trauma that babies, even when they're taken home from the hospital by their adoptive family, they experience trauma because they have been cognizant of their mother for months now. And that's all they've ever known is mom's voice, mom's smell, how mom carries them, how mom moves. Even though she's not holding them in her arms, it's still a very familiar feeling. Mm-hmm. And birth is super traumatic for babies anyway. Like the whole, I'm not warm and cozy and secure and squished. I would scream too. and warm all the time anyway. And so some people believe, like the guy with the five S's, I think his name yeah, is Harvey I Clark.
0: believe they've got that 10th month or whatever.
1: No, it's called the fourth trimester. Yeah, that's it. And <clears throat> he believes that, that birth is so traumatic because they actually have yet another trimester worth of development to do in order to be uh, functional outside of the womb. Yeah. Anyway, so so I, having been around Tasha and absorbed some of her... I would rather have my kids now come up to me and say, I made the wrong choice. I'm scared. Will you help me? And have me respond kindly and graciously and oh, be like, sure. you know what? Then me well, be I mean, like, go back downstairs. I'm I'm genuinely so tired of you guys and your neediness and you're sucking me dry. Just go downstairs and suffer. <laughs> and I know this from experience, because I I am that mom also, that I can hear her crying through the floor, because it's right below the kitchen. So I go back upstairs, and I can hear her crying through the floor. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> so, you know, so anyway, last night, I just made the choice. Like, I know... You're gonna be frustrated when you come home, and Lily's sleeping on the couch. No, but you know, was what? she on the
0: couch when I came home? Last she night? was
1: on the couch. She slept on the couch notice. all night. And when I woke up, no, in the morning I realize it's, she a, was...
0: it's a stage. It's all there are. So many stages, like even, and I, I think of this far more frequently with Elise, and her relationship with you than I do, and with the uh, than I do regarding the kids sleeping on the couch. Is that a lot of that is a stage? Like a lot mm-hmm. of this frustration right now is a stage. We're gonna move on to another stage with his own set of problems. But maybe it's easier to manage. Maybe it isn't. I don't know.
1: I think you know, little kids, more... little problems. Big kids, big problems. Yeah,
0: but I mean, it's just it's all it's all a stage. Eventually, yeah. Tito's like, I'm not gonna sleep upstairs.
1: Yeah, you know. Well, like, he just he just, just co- starts coming up less and less. Yeah, and then eventually, so, never again. No, I
0: think yeah, yeah. Um,
1: just... speaking of which, last week was Elise week. Remember? Oh so, yeah, yeah yeah. so um, how
0: how did that turn out and where are you headed with it? Okay, that? so
1: this week the biggest <clears throat> challenge has been I went so light on the kids' of school the big kids' of school work last week that like Monday and Tuesday were huge struggles cuz they were like there's so much work you expect us to do and I was like this is a normal amount of work. I just gave you less work last week because I was focused on something else, but I couldn't say that to them. So, we I had some battles with the big kids this week um but I feel like Elise is more accepting of my physical affection this week huh um and by the end of last week when she could see that she just obviously she's not mentally processing this with her cognizantly she is subconsciously she's maybe feeling more secure and is more accepting instead of when she's mad shoving us away Mm. or shoving me away anyway but, um, interestingly, I think the empowering of her, would you like to do this or this? I think it really works, worked with her. The, rather than you have to do this, 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 and this, and this is the time that I have to do it with you because I've set this time apart from the big kids in school to do just this with you. And granted, she's getting a lot more screen time because I downloaded a reading lesson app and I give her the choice of like f- two out of four Learning to read options, which is still a mental challenge for me, because the other two kids, we worked linearly through one book. We did the teacher child to read in hundred easy lessons and a hundred easy lessons later, they were proficient readers. Mm. And we're at like 48 or 52 lesson number with Elise, and we just had to give up because it was such a battle) <clears throat> And, yet, and then she comes down, was it Thursday of last week, with... I didn't know she was phonetically thinking through how she would write things. She comes down with a checklist of things that she wants to do for school that day, and it was hilariously spelled out. Um, books. BX. Books.
0: Oh, she, her spelling um, was awesome. Like there was
1: school. What did she? Yeah. What? She how did she spell school? S X L. S X L.
0: I'm like, that's school. gonna be a new shirt. I'm gonna like homeschool. Like, right. H M
1: S X L. Yes, home that'd school. be dope. Um. So anyway, you know. But I didn't. I've never had her try to spell things before. I've had her do copy work, which is right. you copy these words that I do. But, um. Anyway. Uh, this week I'm more focused on the big kids than her, so I haven't done a ton with her this week. But somehow I don't know if it if it's coincidence, but I had bought a xylophone for her to start practicing, not on the bar, but identifying notes with the sound mm-hmm. and being able to say, you no, know, I I put I tap C as it says up on this piece of paper and it makes the first sound in the song Happy Birthday. So she, of her own accord, your birthday was Tuesday. Mm-hmm was it Monday, was like, I want to learn how to play Happy Birthday for Daddy on the xylophone. Oh, yeah. And she has never, even, on the piano, on the xylophone, anything, with these little cards of music, had any inclination to follow the instructions. Whether it's <laughs> She's, not, from, an instruction she's not an instruction in follower. She's not an instruction follower. In the slightest. But, so I don't know if something separately from Elise Week clicked in her brain, or if, maybe if, The chaos and stress of mom's always frustrated with me, I never get my way, I'm always being tossed about by people who are more powerful than I am. If something settled in that and reason or other things were able to rise to the surface. But on Monday, she was like, I'm going to play happy birthday for, I'm going to memorize this and I'm going to be able to play happy birthday for dad on the xylophone on his birthday. And it was she, awesome.
0: She played it a bunch. It was she, wonderful.
1: She did it. She did it great.
0: So if you guys missed it, uh, last episode, uh, t- I think the title was, part of the, part of the titles was Challenging Child. Elise is typically our most, all the children are challenging in their various ways, but Elise tends to be the most challenging just because her personality is loud and crazy and she just does stuff. Like, do now. You know, just she just goes, right? So, which is also super fun. But anyway, so Molly was talking about a new strategy that she was trying to employ in her world in parenting Elise better. And this is part of that, making that that Elise weak and making more emotional deposits, if you will, into a child rather. And when, you know, knowing you're going to be taking emotional withdrawals.
1: A withdrawal is like saying no. Yeah. Or asking something of them that they don't want to do, like taking out the garbage.
0: So it's interesting. So go back and listen to that. Uh, podcasts if you're at all inclined.
1: And it's actually I, I mean I would say that thirty minutes of listening to the first part of this book, so far so good. I yeah. would say it's actually cool. made a tangible difference in my parenting for child number three.
0: Uh so we today's episode is shorter because we're just we're short on time and we just we've just been going, 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 gone. And Molly has to run to a birthday party or something. Um do you before we go though uh, John. We have more stuff to
1: talk about. We don't have time. Yeah, we do. We still have like 15 minutes to talk. Oh. John, you were going to say something about John.
0: Yeah, our ad guy, John, on World Radio. So okay. a lot of you have picked us up because you've heard our ad on World Radio. Our ad guy, John, thinks we should write a book.
1: <laughs> Hilarious.
0: <laughs> he thinks it would go really well for us.
1: <laughs> huh. That's. You did you save that to tell me that on the show? Yeah, you're too funny.
0: So you could laugh. What does he think we should say? I'm gonna tell. I don't know, but I I don't know. But I, I responded to him. I was like, I we barely have time to do the show to flush, much less uh, write a book. He actually thought in my response. He actually thought maybe I, I was I'd already written one. And I was like, no. But the whole concept behind the title came from Molly once posted. She's like, if I'm ever gonna write a book on parenting, I'm gonna call it "Too Busy to Flush," and that's how because we started show.
1: Because one time, a potty training child hopped off of the t- toilet and ran away, and I said, "Wait, you have to go back and flush." And they said, "I'm too busy to flush," you know, because they had very important like Matchbox cars or something to get yeah. back to. Like
0: two. Yeah,
1: um, I have something I want to bring up because it's something I've been thinking about a lot, mm. and it's probably more than a ten-minute conversation. We can
0: start it now and continue it on the next episode. We
1: probably could. So we are recording this. What is today? The nineteenth.
0: Friday, Friday the nineteenth. The so thir- at fifteen twenty-six. So
1: several days ago, now, yesterday, two days ago, white dude goes into three different yep. massage parlors yep. Yep. in Atlanta and shoots up the massage parlors. Eight, of, eight people dead. Six of them are Asian. When I went to seminary, you guys, most of my best friends were Korean. I worked in a Korean church. I actually bought Rosetta Stone Korean because Did I... You really? Was, I didn't know that. Yes. I was in the Korean world so much that I was picking it up and I wanted to learn to read and write. Rosetta Stone and my brain... Do not work together. <laughs> I was like, it, d- don't tell tried me, Rosetta oh, Rosetta Stone is. I, I've tried I, I Chinese, so, I've tried so, Mandarin, I've tried. So, Russian, so Rosetta, Stone, Rosetta is, Stone is immersion. And you're supposed to just sort of absorb as you say things back to it. That's like, why people fall like asleep. The kangaroo is under the airplane. And I was like, I don't, I want to know the alphabet. I've learned enough languages. Like, I took French 101, German 101 in college. I knew enough Spanish that I was a better Spanish speaker from spending time in Latin America than Spanish graduates at my undergrad. Right. And then in seminary, I learned Greek and Latin, Greek and Hebrew. Oh, I took a semester of Latin, too. Um, so I know how to learn a language. I want to know, what do you do with verbs? What do you do with nouns? What do you do with the alphabet? And then, and then I'll start working on vocabulary. Um, Rosetta Stone doesn't work that way. Um, so anyway, I was, but I had Rosetta Stone. That was my first exposure to it. I was learning how to say things like kangaroo in Korean, which makes (laughs) a lot of sense. Anyway, so my heart is with the Korean community. I have a Korean sister-in-law, which means that I have half Korean nephews and nieces who are growing up in a world, um, where Asian hate crimes in the United States are on the rise. And I've been seeing, um, you know while I was trying to put the eight-year-old to bed last night, it was my time to sit down and scroll social media. So it was really my first time of absorbing all the reactions to this. Mm. And one of our favorite children's authors, I think she's Chinese, of Chinese descent. She lives in New York City. Um, I can't think of her name now, but she wrote the Vanderbeekers series, which if you have, like, three to five or more kids... Is just a delightful series because your kids, the I, Vanderbeekers, and what's the other one? I that think if you so guys
0: much? go, if you guys go to our website on the swag page and scroll down, I actually have some some dedicated links to the Vanderbeekers series, and it's an Amazon associate link, so we get a little bit of kickback yeah. when you buy through. So that,
1: the but. Vanderbeekers and the Penderwicks are both like delightful large family books that we as a family have loved. But so so. Cr- Karina, I think, maybe is her first name. She's of Chinese descent, and she posted on her stories how she's literally had people, like, just push cigarettes into her arm while she's walking down the street in New York. She's been spit on. She's been called nasty names, which, to me, like, you guys, we live in Montana, and we have race relations with Native American issues, but with other minorities, we have so little exposure Honestly, and particularly, like, no negative experiences. In, no. in Montana, we don't have, other than with the Native Americans, which...
0: There's a lot this of is negative experiences This Native, is not, Native Americans. That's
1: not a path that I'm going to go down, but... Fair. When I look at the Native... I mean, because it's just a longer conversation than we right. have time for right now. But I'll say this. When Native Americans hold bitterness in their hearts towards whites, I don't blame them. They've been wronged, big time. And... Um, the the U.S. government took over their lands, we did, and and did not did not keep promises to them that were made, and so at the very least, I'm only they, like third
0: generation American though, so right. I was gone for all this. I'm no. sure that family has other, but issues.
1: but we, I mean, but so so in a sense, I'm sympathetic to the white privilege <clears throat> thing because yeah. we we. In, like, Wild West country, like, we're an hour from where... From Buffalo Bill Cody, we're an hour from Custer's Last Stand, which is now the Battle of the Little Bighorn, because we don't want to enshrine it with the dead white guy. Um, but we... We live in land that very much bears fairly recent marks of conflict of white people doing wrong... To some natives. of the worst.
0: So I spent that time last year, the year before, working on that TV show about the copper boom in Butte, Montana, in the early 19th century. Kind of America's coming in of age story when they were moving from frontier town to or frontier community to let's go big city. Um, and the amount of like the Chinese. You guys want to you guys want to know some crazy dark um, uh, American history? Look up the Chinese Exclusion Act. It's the only, uh, it's the only legislative uh, action taken by the U.S. government based purely on race,
1: um, which was
0: crazy. It was bad.
1: Yeah. Was really so I don't love George Takai. Yeah. Um, but he has a book about his family's experience in the internment camps, which there actually was an internment camp outside of Cody, Wyoming, that mm-hmm. we should go visit sometime.
0: Yeah. Very ugly. Um,
1: it is, and and so I so here's so here's. A couple of thoughts that I've had swirling around in my head, and maybe it's a mistake to try to throw them out and then go take our kids to a birthday party in 15 minutes. (laughs) But, okay, so one, I feel like conservative whites in America, there's this reflexive defensiveness. Like, there had to have been some reason or some good reason for, like, the Japanese internment rather than be like, that was a terrible period in our history. And even though... I tend to agree with the sentiment that America, with all of her flaws, has so far done it better than most other places, and I attribute that to, even though not all of our founding fathers were Christians, to the Judeo-Christian ethic that was instilled in our founding documents and that most or all of our founding fathers
0: but you're not a Christian nationalist. You. I'm not a right? Christian nationalist. Oh, that's
1: whew. <laughs> right, however you define that. We're gonna have to like get divorced, I said, babe. Like I said, um, you know, we've got no twelve minutes to finish this conversation. <laughs> but no, so so I you know, with all for all of her flaws, which are many, like we had slavery for years and years and years. I think America the American experiment has done a better job than anywhere else, and I attribute that to believing that men are made in the image of God, men as in humankind has been made in the image of God and has inherent rights and dignity because of that. However, man made in the image of God is fallen and we continue to be selfish, tribal, partial, um, and can do egregious things to each other even in the name of God. Right, And so, when I look at, you know, the 40s and in internment of Asians in America, I should be able to say, because of my confidence in Christ, that that was wrong, and it doesn't do damage to me in order to say that. I also can look at... Um, Genuine racism against blacks in America. Genuine racism against Asians in America. And say this is happening, and this is bad, and it shouldn't pain me to be able to say, you know, that KKK guy. We would have probably been buddies with him back in, you know, fifty years ago in America. We would have sat next to sat next to him in church, and he would have looked decent, and our kids would have played with his kids, and. We can still, without doing damage to ourselves, say that was wrong, and he was wrong, and he, I mean, the KK still de- still exists in America. It's wrong. It's bad. It's evil. We should be able to say that without it doing damage to us, to our sense of self and well-being and mm-hmm. righteousness, because our righteousness is found somewhere else, but I read so I've been like, there's there's conservatives who are like, no no no, there wasn't any racism at all involved in this Atlanta thing. It was all this guy, who and he claims he blames it on his sex addiction. And no no no, there's you know, what about you know? Of course, then conservatives get blamed on what aboutism, like you know. January 6th, what about all of the Black Lives Matters, you know, riots all summer? You know, like, we are safe condemning both of them, which we've gone over in previous podcasts, because that doesn't do anything to our identity in Christ, uh, and our sense of, of being righteous and okay in Him. Likewise, I can say, you know what, this was a white guy who went to a Southern Baptist church, and what he did was wrong and evil. Whether it was race, motivated by race or not, it was wrong and evil. Also the predominantly black people who have been attacking Asians all summer long, all for the last year, wrong and evil. I can say both and because what it does to me as a person to all of a sudden have somebody who looks like me do that, doesn't it doesn't do anything to me and to my sense of security yeah. because my sense of security isn't found in people who look like me or people who talk like me or people who claim to be conservatives like I do. So, I read a super fascinating post by a guy that I'm a little bit torn about following on Instagram because he's a Hillsong guy. <laughs> and I people have mixed feelings about Hillsong um, because of some of their theology, but he's super solid in a lot of ways, and he's really powerful in a lot of his cultural commentary. He points out that the roots of hate crimes against Asians are the same as the hate crimes against Jews that have been happening in the United States, and he blames it on Marxism, because Marxism says anybody who is working hard and being more successful than you is oppressive to you,
0: and jealousy. deserves
1: your hate and jealousy. And I have—I that's the only place I've heard that angle. I've heard a couple of other interesting angles. One of which was the sexual revolution. So, so um, this guy supposedly blamed it on his sex addiction, and he supposedly said, "I'm going to attack these because they're a source of." Um, of temptation to me, and so I'm going to get rid of this source of temptation, which you could go down that all day long, too. Like, this source of temptation is in your own heart, dude. You know, dear, was it G.K. Chesterton? What's wrong with the world? Dear sirs, I am yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. Um, But, um, but so this, another guy that I saw commenting online says, the, the fact that this guy is blaming it on his sex addiction a a modern view of sex, particularly in the porn saturated world, is not about love and relationship. It's about power. And makes sense. Um. Well, I mean, look at pornography. Like it's all a power play. And even even college hookups. It's more power and the feeling of success and victory. And for women, empowerment and, free, you know, so-called freedom then it is actually about self-giving and unity of heart, body, soul, mind with one other person that you were designed to be bonded with in every, every sphere of your being. Um, so this idea that sex is about power, he said then, you know, Asian women have been fetishized. Fetish, fetish-sized. <laughs> say that word properly for me.
0: Fetish-sized. Fetish- fetish-sized. Fetishized. sized sized Anyway,
1: you guys Fetish. know what we're trying to say. Google it. and Tell us how to pronounce it properly. <laughs> we're in a hurry. Um, <laughs> so, so, so the idea that Asian women have been fetishized is, you know, like so they become objects of sex. But then a sex addict says, "This addiction is controlling me. Therefore, I'm not in power." these Asian women have control over me. And so it's an anger reacting, whether it's sex or racism, but it's a combination because Mm -hmm. of the sexualization of the Asian women, which then we could bring in the whole sex slave trade and Asian women are by far the most trafficked. Um, anyway, so the Marxism is an interesting strain way of thinking. Like you, you play with fire with identity politics and you start, you know, pitting races against each other, you're going to get burned because I'll end here, not with both the sex and power issue, as well as the identity politics, Marxist pitting races against each other, you know, and again, Asians are notorious for not notorious. They're, deserve great credit for coming to America, working hard to get ahead. I mean, they work... These these first-generation parents (coughs) work their tails off to give their kids a good life. They, you know, they don't... They'll come to the U.S. well-educated as doctors and lawyers, accountants, and they work... They run a laundromat or they run a convenience store. They work their tails off in 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 jobs that are beneath their education in order to give their kids a leg up, there is so much dignity to be seen in that, and yet Marxism has taught like they're working hard, they're getting ahead, they need they're your they're now your enemy. The only cure for this is the biblical view of races, and you know looking at my own family and the fact that my kids are biologically related to Asian children now, half Asian children, like, that to me is a taste of heaven. Because, yes, races exist because of the fall, and God in His redemption has been able to pull out the glory of different aspects of His being and His creation through different unique traits of all the different races but but, when we get to heaven, ethnicity, yes, but race is it is a concept that melts away because we all blend together. And you see this in Jesus' own heritage, where, yes, in the Old Testament, the Israelites are told don't intermarry, don't intermarry, don't intermarry with the tribes. And bad things happen when you intermarry, but it's not because of those people. It's because the men's hearts are led astray to worship the false gods right. of their of their wives. But Rahab, Ruth, you know these are non quote unquote non Israelites who are married in and are actually biological ancestors of Jesus Himself. Yeah. So Jesus isn't a pure Israelite, and that gives us a glimpse of how God has designed heaven to work. And I
0: mean there's there's biblical you know all of the issues you brought up jealousy, race, sexual partiality, sexuality, partiality, power, wanting to have
1: power, dominance. You know,
0: it's it's a good exercise to go through all of those things and say, okay, so how does the gospel and by the gospel, I mean how does Jesus dying this story on the cross? Yes, and you have to go back and say, okay, why did Jesus die on the cross? What does that say about humanity? What does it say about us? How does how do each one? How are each one of these things solved by that gospel solution? And going through each one of those things, you recognize that 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 things like CRT, things like. Uh, you know more legislation, things like whatever you know, whatever the potential solutions being promoted. Some of those things can be helpful, but CRT can't really be helpful. But um, you know,
1: you, you recognize faults and shortcomings. You recognize
0: you recognize that the only true solution is in the gospel, and so we should feel compelled. I think on that level to share with people. A better solution. The only solution to some of these problems because these are gonna fail time and time and time again. And it becomes a really good for anybody that likes to have conversations like that, most people don't. It becomes a really (laughs) good entry point into into sharing the gospel with people who don't know, or just inquiring where people are at and kind of And
1: doing it with humility. Because you recognize your own shortcomings in all of these areas. And the brokenness that we all bring, and you don't have to be self-defensive, like, well, this guy was white and grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and, you know, so I have to somehow feel threatened by the media calling out this aspect of his upbringing. Like, yeah. you know, all have fallen short of the glory <clears throat> of God. And it it's heartbreaking that someone who who possibly was so close to the truth That sets him free from sexual slavery from hatred from partiality from greed whatever else is feeding this it's heartbreaking that he went in the way of hate and tragic violence rather than a truth that will set him free
0: right cool well you're gonna be late for your birthday party now
1: I just can't stop myself
0: no you can't I tried I'm just back here waving my arms and giving her clocks winding Yeah, there's also a kid out
1: the window there isn't anymore she gave up hopefully she's out putting on her party dress now
0: alright guys so thank you for joining us we'll try to join you next week Um, same time same place in your earlobes in your well not your lobes in your earbuds canals in your ear canals, your ear, ear canals In your ear canals hammering, around, hammering on your eardrums um, You can follow us at TooBusyToFlush.com Or www.tb2f.com If you have anything on the show You'd like to interact with us with That's always fun We usually get 4 or 5 things a week And I have not had a chance to go through anything to read them on the show Enough time anyway So you can email us at tb2f That's the tb the number 2f At pm.me TB2F at pm.me, or you can text me a message at 406 318 7136. Normal messaging rates apply.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Remember back in the day of long distance phone calls?
0: Yeah, yeah. Dad, can I call my girlfriend? No, only after. full No, she lives
1: flowers. in the next counter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
0: yeah, so join us. Thank you for joining us. Please share us with your friends. If you like an episode, share it. Let us know. You can follow us on Instagram too. We're on Instagram periodically uh, doing stuff with our trailers and taking photos of our kids. So I think with that, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Cool. And with that, thanks for joining us guys. We'll see you next week. Talk
1: to you next week.